All right, welcome to the End of a Species podcast, and um, yeah, we have a lively crowd again here today. We've got, uh, actually, let's do the same thing we did last time, go around the table. Uh, Adam, you start, and then we'll go all around. Everybody introduce yourself. I'm Jeff, by the way, so you guys, I'm not that exciting. Go for it. Jeff, thank you. I am I am Adam. Um, you can find me at nowhere really on the internet. Well, I guess I got Instagram. Tatooine Hermit at Tatooine Hermit. I guess. Now you're gonna get mail. Yeah, if I get mail, whatever. So I block everything. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm I'm here. Next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I, I am Ryan, and I feel like I'm in community college. When they're like, go around the room, and everyone tell us a little about yourself. <laughs> I'm an adult yes. male. Like, oh, what do you want, like a, a corporate icebreaker? Yeah, right. Tell, exactly. me, tell uh, me who your favorite Ninja Turtle is and why. Uh, mine, mine is Raphael. <laughs> my favorite Ninja Turtle is Raphael. He was always my favorite because he was angry and misunderstood, and I was the middle child, and I felt that way. Nice. <laughs> Luna. Oh, hey. Uh, it's Luna. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's underscore Reina period day period le, uh, le, la period Luna at the end. I know it's too much for your brains, but you Y'all want to plug your podcast? Um, yeah, so actually we do have something serious um, that mm. we do every week. So we are part of a cult activism awareness group where we help people get out of cults um, and we provide psychological therapy and just like support for them to integrate back into societies and that is uh, where so we're part of the vast apostate army you can find on youtube and pretty much every social media outlet our personal um uh podcast that covers um religious topics political and scientific topics and how they all tie in together so very Assassin's Creed-ish. Um, it's called Catalyst of the Mind. And you can find that on um, iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube Live. You have to go to Luna Whispers on YouTube to find that. Given uh, what we're going to talk about, Luna, would you like to qualify yourself in your background? <laughs> since we know what this is going to head into. Uh, yeah, so I am an academic... A student, I major in uh, psychology, general psychology, with a concentration in forensic psychology, criminology, victimology, and devious thought. Um, so, and you are on the dean's list. Yeah. So I've been on the dean's horn. Well, I've been on the dean's list since enrollment. I'm almost done with my degree, and I'm part of the Psychi Honor Society. Yes. So. And I got an AA from community college, and I play guitar. <laughs> Baller status. <laughs> and that brings us around the horn to Brian. Yeah, well, I'm Brian. I don't have anything to follow that. <laughs> Not that special. You <laughs> just made me yeah. sound fancy. I got a high school diploma from Brentwood, and that's about it. And, I'm and he met Mr. Met once. And, and for all of you wondering, because <laughs> I, I have the same shit. It's not the Brentwood where where OJ's from though. It's the, no. It's the other no, the boring one. The opposite. <laughs> the, the, the whack Brentwood. The opposite. <laughs> the the MS13 on the National News Brentwood. No. Brentwood Make always us up proud. So so yeah, today we want to talk about brand loyalty. Um mm. I think I'm going to subtitle this why Nintendo is better than everybody or <laughs> something similar. I wonder who you're brand loyal to. Yeah, that, you know, I'm not a fanboy at all. I'm very level-headed and I don't have any uh, biases towards anybody. But yeah, so... I feel lying. Are you calling me a liar? No, but so now I gotta, now I gotta send you I'm hate mail. You're lying. <laughs> now I gotta Now I gotta get all my followers to tweet at you. That That'll do it. Um, and as always, this is brought to you by. Does anybody want to guess? Do I have to say it? I'm going to say it. Fuck GameStop. So, <laughs> having said that. I was going to say a Nietzsche. I'm like, did they bring that back? <laughs> by Sasson Goya. So, um, having said all of that, brand loyalty. You know, everybody has. One of my favorite things to do is when there's a new console out or a new pair of consoles. 
is I go to message boards or I go to articles. I don't even read the article. I just skip down to the comments. It like mm-hmm. rejuvenates me because people are like so, I don't know, attached. Why is that? That's a deep question. I guess it could come sort of like, you know, like people with their sports teams. You know, you just get attached to it. And I don't really agree with it that much, but it's just fanboyism. That's really what it comes down to. People do it without even knowing they're doing it. It's built into your to your DNA as a human being to be um, part of a tribe. Mm-hmm. We're social creatures, so that's how we rose to the point we are at in nature above other species is by being tribal. And so to do that, you have to have a strong sense of loyalty. I thought it was having a bigger divide. stick than the other thing or being able to like, mm-hmm. avoid, yeah, that's part av- of it. <laughs> avoid the tiger in the middle of the night and then being able to stab it with a sh- uh, sharpened stick <laughs> before it could Definitely. realize Definitely. you're there. It takes your tribe to do that and there's got to be trust and loyalty there to do that. It's funny for me because it was like something I was born into. I had an older brother, so I was just loyal to whatever he got first. If he was into it, then I was into it. And whatever he said was the best, I was just like, yeah, it's the best. Yeah, that's the tribe mentality. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't know. I would love to know a first-generation person how they got into what they got into and how they became loyal. I was just a product of, you know, I thought my older brother was cool, so that, that was it. My loyalty to uh, – I'm, I'm a firstborn, right? So my loyalty to the shit I like just comes from being lazy. Um, a buddy of mine – so – it's well established. I love, you know, I have, I've had every PlayStation console. I've had every Nintendo console, right? So a buddy of mine sent me an Xbox 360 that he just had lying around. And I really tried. I tried to play it. I really did. I gave it a shot. Uh, for, a, for a couple of months, I was playing, what, Castle Crashers and I think Gears of War 3 oh, or something. Game. One of the Gears of Wars. <laughs> I'm not sure which one. Gears of War. But... Mm-hmm. Good it game. wasn't the like same. Like when I opened, when I turned on the console, I was like, "I don't like this controller." Not that it sucks. I'm just not used to it. You know, I I'm yeah. not. I, I don't That's know this word. menu. I have to get used mm-hmm. to this. No, I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. with it. Is it's this uh, familiarity that I have with mm-hmm. seeing the P come up or seeing like the Nintendo logo, come, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah, I'm the guy without the iPhone. And I hate iPhones, not because I think they're worse. It's just I just know how to use Samsung. That's what I've had, and and anything else bothers me. It's that's very true because I have I'm now on my third iPhone, and I've wanted to switch away from it, but you're it's like you, you're so used to it. Like at this point, and it's it, this goes back to consoles also. If you're on your third generation of PlayStation console, you're like I don't want to switch to something brand new. And learn everything all over. Learn the control. Learn this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a big part of it at this point that we're so deep in to the consoles of having you know multiple generations. But how was the first choice made? Like the first go around? Like when PlayStation and Xbox, the original ones, came out. Like how how was that choice made? It just depends on how you're stimulated, and that's you know um, if you have nothing else to compare it to, and you're the first person to discover something and then pass it on you're gonna you know you don't have anyone ahead of you telling you why something's the best so it really just depends on what stimulates you either visually tactilely you know what what's comfortable to you and then you come up with your own pros and cons and then when you're generally the oldest being around others they tend to just put that trust in you as a wiser person and they follow suit makes sense well i think some of it comes down to Pricing for one that could be a, uh, a uh. deciding point. If one is a hundred dollars, one hundred fifty dollars more, that could be a deciding point. And a lot of features, like uh, for example, when PlayStation One, PlayStation One was up against um, Nintendo sixty four, and I forget which one came out first, but that could also be the first one to market. Could be a deciding factor, and also PlayStation yeah. was cheaper. It was cheap. It was the games were a lot cheaper. Nintendo was Economic also established. Mm-hmm. Like That's why I was curious about And Nintendo, Nintendo was established, yes. But yeah, I think Nintendo PlayStation... Had two consoles out already. PlayStation think, innovated themselves. It was new. The movement was, was really smooth and it flipped by. And it was a disc-based system. I think that was the first fully disc-based system. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. had, you know, you had the better graphics of everything. Mm-hmm. And, and 
and I, I, I'm pretty sure it was cheaper. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure uh-huh. it was cheaper, and the games were dead. I did cheaper. have a Sega CD. I feel, I that feel was like Sega CD. An add-on. That was an add-on. Yeah, that was an add-on, though. Yeah, yeah that was an add-on. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was, Sega it, partnered. It was an add-on, with, yes, but it was also yeah, like Sega partnered with Panasonic and Sony at the same time to try and create an all-disc-based console, and yes. they were free to work on their own, and that was how PlayStation even came into existence because right. they had worked on it and said, All right, "Fuck it, no, we got it, we're doing it." Did don't you guys think though that? It's really more about the experience. That even if it is an economic reason, you're going to kind of find a way to really get what you want. The thing that's going to enhance your experience that you're going to do what you got to do to put that money aside or, or, well, or whatever. I think it depends on your situation and your age. You know, if you're 15 years old or 14 years old, that extra hundred dollars could be, you know, a make or break. You know, if you're an old person with a job and everything then yeah you could it's easier to save the extra money and go for it i feel or like if you're five years old and you get an enter- <laughs> a nintendo entertainment system as your first console from your right, right exactly right. when know, i was a kid kind of though, like, i just worked hard harder i had a goal and if i wanted something i just didn't stop you know doing more chores or whatever it was to get what i the money that i wanted to get the things that i wanted because for me it was about the experience so I would just delay it a little bit to get the best thing. And I was just wondering if you guys felt like maybe gaming. I feel like gaming is such an experience, you know, because you're not you're not in you're not on Earth anymore. You're you're a character. You're in a place. You're in your own little universe now. It's so for me, it is yeah. so much of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, that that's kind of I think that's now kind of the thing I've tried to explain to my wife is that like she's she's not a gamer, but I am, and I've tried to explain like like going and experiencing a storyline in a in a game is is like being part of it and she she under she, when i try to explain it as like cuz she's she's a she's a very big reader she loves books and going on these journeys in a book That's but the like i told her that like think of it as like instead of like reading the story like you're choosing the actions of the character in the story you know granted like you're kind of like depending on the game and choices and options and stuff, you're kind of railroaded into, like, a particular, you know, storyline or whatever. It's like, you know, some options are already chosen for you, but, like, that's kind of it. And that's when she started kind of understanding gaming for me and, like, why I liked it. Because I'm, as much as I can be into, like, multiplayer and, like, you know, you know deathmatch kind of games or whatever, like, if, if it's got a good storyline to it, I can I can really get into uh, That's what I game. play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so here's a question, and this is probably going to be more, I don't know, I guess it's going to be more psychology than anything, but with brand loyalty, because I was thinking about it, and how often, when, like, let's say you actively make a choice, and you say, I've researched both these consoles, and or I've researched both Android and iPhone when they first came out, when you buy it, how often does somebody buy something, even if they don't like it, how often do you say, damn, I made the wrong choice, I'm an idiot and switch? Or, or how often do you just say, well, I made this choice, and whether you realize it or not, you're like, this is my thing, I don't want to look like a fool, so now I'm going to defend this thing till I die. I think, it's, I think it's a lot of that. I think it's a lot of somebody picked a thing, and, and I think that goes into, because a lot of the conversations that you guys have had have been very level-headed. I pick this because it's comfortable. I pick this because it caters to me. A lot of the arguments you see where people defend their console are, I pick this because it's better than your shit. And I think mm-hmm. that that yeah. goes to the whole idea of, well, I don't really want to say that, you know, I made the wrong choice. I picked the wrong thing or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a problem just with a lot of people generally in life, you know? admitting that you made a mistake that never happens because i can't tell you how many people i knew who told me this following sentence dude the zune really is better than an ipod (laughs) (laughs) that was the obligatory (sighs) laugh they gave you ryan yeah i think i think they were just delayed in laughing because they had to remember what a zune was well i never had happened either of them i had a lot with Sorry. Go ahead. Wow. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. That happened a lot with, like, when the original iPhone came out. You know, you had everyone. These phones now were the next iPhone killer. The next iPhone. 
and they really weren't until much later on. You know, nothing was able to touch the iPhone for the first couple of generations, at least. Yeah. And uh, that's that's oh hey this this is way better than the iPhone and you know it wasn't really. Yeah, I mean, to think about how many people held out on getting iPhones because they were still brand loyal. They're like, dude, BlackBerry's still the best. They're still the future. Yeah. Yo, my trio was the shit. <laughs> the Palm Trio. Oh, that was yeah. my that was my jam. Oh, I had a Palm Pre. That was an iPhone Word. killer too. <laughs> Boy, all these iPhone killers died. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a Palm Pre, a Samsung Instinct. None of them killed them. But, yeah, I'm going to send you a message on my Windows phone later, though. But to translate that, because the console version of that is the console wars. Like, who won this generation? Like, you know, you had PS3, Xbox, and Wii. Who who sold the... And, and really, I always wonder, like, does there have to be a winner? Like, Well, they yeah. all won, really. They all, Unless the console died, you know, that was it. They all won, because they all sold a ton of them. Yeah. I mean, if... <laughs> If you have, like, if, for example, when the Wii U came out, everybody was like, oh, Nintendo's dead. If Nintendo really went out of business and now you only had two consoles, what, I mean, let's go to the extreme. Let's say there was only Xbox. Do you really want, like, one choice? That's like, that's communism. That's a, that's a, that's easily a $900 console waiting to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yo, you want to play video games at all, bitch? Yeah, this is this is your one and only option. You know, GameStop would be all over that shit. They'd be like, "Oh, you want the uh, GameStop edition of the I feel only like console?" Send you a cease and desist. Soon. Yeah, GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they do that, I, I'll. You made it big I, time, buddy. Yeah. I'll list all of my grievances, but that's <laughs> another show altogether. Desist, you got to tell them I'm willing to settle, and the most I could offer you is a dollar thirty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a taste of their own damn medicine. Yeah, the thirty nine, and then whatever you, whatever it was, and I'll sell it for fifty bucks. <laughs> if, if, by the way, if you want the reference point, up, up to current to date, PlayStation Four has sold eighty nine million consoles. Xbox One has sold forty million, and the Switch has sold twenty one million. So the who Switch beat has only been out PlayStation killed now, them, but uh, that's because of the the Asian market. If you look at U.S. sales, Xbox. Yeah, you has talk outsold. about brand loyalty. Get some Asians in the mix. Yeah, <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> all the consoles. Uh, I saw a PlayStation I'm Two was the highest ever. One hundred twenty million, something like that. PlayStation well, Two. Yeah, I think PlayStation Two was the yeah it was the, the most console of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I still I still have my PlayStation two PlayStation two in a closet somewhere because like I can't see giving it up for you know eleven dollars yeah. at GameStop. No, I don't get rid of any of my consoles. Yeah, I also, have a uh, GameCube have, still hooked have, up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have a backwards compatible PS three that plays PS two PS one games, so I kept that. I have a modded Xbox that I can't do anything with, so I definitely kept that. <laughs> Yeah, no one's taking yeah, She that. modded her Xbox 360 forever ago, so she, hey, you could play burn games, but you could only play burn games. <laughs> well, I was broke, you know, it was a single mom, so I had to find a way to get my games for a dollar-ish. Nice. That's, there's that Asian market again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that 14% of me. <laughs> so, I, I think, are we all agreed that there really isn't objectively a best... Uh, console. It's just whatever you're comfortable with. I think that's the conclusion. Well, yeah, I bought an Xbox 360 solely because I had an Xbox and I was comfortable with it. But when 360 and PS3 came out, and I think this was a very important thing, HD, DVD, and Blu-ray were battling it out, and uh, you could get yeah. a PS3 cheaper mm-hmm. than you could buy a Blu-ray DVD player. And I think yep. I know a lot of people who bought it just because of that. That was or, the biggest selling point. Or yeah. you're like me, and you have games that like have to keep telling its story, and you've already got all this racked up on your, you know, profile, and you <laughs> want to play the next game, so you have oh, to like buy Mass that. Effect, yeah, like so yes, Mass Effect, which is one, my favorite game of all time. Oh my one god, one and two, and then like you know, then you then you do a console upgrade, and like, hey, Mac, Mass Effect three is like you could. That's my your favorite data. game ever. What did you think about Andromeda? I never played it because I'm scared. Uh, like, oh, I I always. 
you know, I it's rare that I buy a brand new game that's that comes out and then um, I was gonna give Andromeda a couple months before I before I picked it up, and then just like the reviews that came out, and then yeah, like bad. being able to watch like a YouTube video of like you know screen you know screen recordings, and it's like oh look the jaw isn't connected anymore, and it's like dragging <laughs> on the ground, or like eyeballs are like half in their socket because <laughs> of bad coding and stuff, and I'm like nah that's got to get patched <laughs> before yeah. before I get into that, I, I won't be able to fucking play that. How how did your Mass Effect end? My Mass Effect? Uh, um, if I well, there's because I played it multiple multiple times, making different choices, and then like, your first run through, your first gut reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the my first run through for, for everything. Um, in Mass Effect Two, I lost the um, the robot guy. He died. Um, so the I didn't Geth? have him. Yeah, the Geth. God, I loved him, Legion. Yeah, Legion. I didn't. So I didn't have him for Mass Effect Three, and then Mass Effect Three. When I got to the end, um, I think, I think I chose to pick the the part where you you like you like you join up or like you take take control of the of the Reapers. Yeah, you take control of them. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, it, it seemed like you know, it was like if you can't, if you can't beat evil, beat like join it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so you can, can change the agenda. <laughs> you know, speaking of the brand loyalty and bringing up Andromeda, and I think I talked to Jeff about this for a little bit one time, but how are you brand loyal to a franchise, or how about the maker of a game? Right, like were you still brand loyal to Halo when three four three was going to make it and Bungie was out? Like, are are, are you? How how deep does brand loyalty go? Is it to a franchise or is it if different developers take over? I've got a few franchises I'm I'm super loyal to. I mean Zelda right off the right off the Z- rip. Zelda, if, yeah. If they made, uh, I mean I I played Link's Crossbow Training just because. <laughs> I don't. I mean it's it's just a thing. But uh, I'm I'm is, if Grand Theft if they announced Grand Theft Auto Six tomorrow, and it was one hundred and fifty dollars. Y'all gonna hate me for this, but I would pre-order that bitch right away. Okay, but w- but the question is, what if it wasn't Rockstar? What if they say, okay, well, uh, EA's making it. It's still Grand Theft Auto, but now EA you bought different- Rockstar, oh, closed yeah. closed Rockstar <laughs> like they they usually do, where they close everything they buy. They're like, hey, you get one last hurrah, make one last game, and then we're closing your doors. Yeah, but, so that's like, the EA, question. EA makes, Are you makes the Grand Theft Auto or the developers. Or I think it depends. I think it depends on on the game. There there are certain games, um, like Arkham. I I, I played um, Arkham Origins. Yeah. And that wasn't uh, that wasn't Rocksteady, right? Mm-mm. No, it was a different. It was. But different it was game. it was it was the franchise. I've played every Spider-Man game that has ever come out, um, and those have been a slew of developers. But if somebody other than Nintendo made Zelda. Well, we ha- we've had that before. That, then that is a developer loyalty because no, yeah. you yeah. know that what they think and feel and all of their heart and soul went into this game, it's not going to be the same. That's how I feel. I'm a div- more along those lines. Yeah, because new people, new developers, new people take over, and they don't they don't care about the history of it. But it, yeah, and like what happened with Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, and somebody mentioned, but yeah, Zelda. I think that there was three games on the CDI, was it? That were yeah, not CDI and like yeah, you just yeah, like you can pull up video. Like I was, I was talking with my wife about it because I'm I'm a giant Zelda fan and and whatnot. And she, I mentioned like why Nintendo is very controlling of a lot of their properties, mm-hmm. and. I mentioned this and she's like, I have no idea what that is. And I pulled up a, a clip of YouTube of, of just just the like video pieces, not even the actual gameplay. Like, well, just the excuse video me. <laughs> they are well, that's, so good. That was the cartoon. But yeah. like, yeah. Was that a sound bite? It might as well have been. <laughs> might as well have been. <laughs> that was um, the cartoon, which was great. But also, this is why I also like have like great respect for Nintendo because there's one of their major franchises, which they're having developed by um another production company um but they were very like hey we're wanting x y and z to happen and it wasn't going very well and they gave them the axe and they're like look thank you here's your here's your check for what you did do 
but we're going to go over here now and we're going to have it developed over here and that's the metroid series for metroid prime 4 uh, yeah. and this is why i also have a mad respect for nintendo is because they put out a video and they're like look we apologize <laughs> this is what happened it wasn't the quality that we uh, that we here at nintendo believe is our standard we have to start everything over and it's going to be like a, a year and change delay and we know everyone's really upset for our for the metroid series because we haven't put out like a metroid prime game in a long time but we we apologize but we'd like the game to be better and and be the way it's supposed to be and have an enjoyable experience as opposed to like getting a game out and just selling you something that's not where we want it to be and I was like, thank Jesus that somebody <laughs> understands, like, that's how you need to make a game. Because when you crank out a Call of Duty every year, or a whatever every uh -huh. year, or, like, three Assassin's Creed's in a year, like, you can't keep the same level of, of quality and immersion and, and storytelling or whatever up for, for, for that kind of length of time. No, I felt like that with, actually, now that you mentioned Assassin's Creed on um, Brotherhood. I told Ryan yesterday, I was like, I would give this game a 50, even though I love the story so much. And it's because the platform, I don't know, dude, the gameplay, like, it's so much jumping and grabbing that was so glitchy that it made it infuriating to play. But the story was so good, I pushed through it. But I would have, like, hacked its score down to half because of just that experience i don't know if they rushed it or what that they were doing just trying to get another game out there but the experience was frustrating just to get on to the next one overall my experience with um with assassin's creed has been the first year that the game is out it, a lot of them are pretty unplayable they're they're pretty bad and this then was, um not the first one this was I'll say the first one is Altair, second one Ezio, yeah. and then the, th the the one after that is um Brotherhood. That's the one I'm talking about, and then and then it's Revelation after that, and then it's Assassin's Creed Three after that. Assassin's Assassin's Creed Three is a good example because I got Assassin's Creed Three on the Wii U, and I also got Assassin's Creed Black Flag on the Wii U, and those Black ports Flag were heard's the best were borderline unplayable like i could i i finished them by the grace of god i don't even know how i feel like it was like the the software just decided okay you've had enough of this torture let's just let you get to the ending is that a console problem because i mean it wasn't probably that <laughs> it's point, it's usually but... a developer problem because what happens is they'll they'll make a, a version of a game for directly they'll develop it specifically for the playstation or specifically for the for the mm -hmm. um, Xbox. And then they'll say, well, we also want it on this console. And instead of starting mm. from the ground up again, they, they just, just retrofit it. Yeah. Mm. And it doesn't and work. That makes sense. And, and sometimes they'll they'll get another company to do it. And the other company's like, mm. okay, well, we'll just kind of fit it this way. And, mm -hmm. well, and then if it that, works, it works. That's, that's a serious, being a, a primarily a PC person, like, you know, PC and then like Nintendo, like, when they have a game that's like primarily made for a console and it's made for PlayStation or made for Xbox and then they port it to PC, they get so lazy just with their um, like keyboard to, to game controller connections and stuff that like almost you have to go out and buy a game controller for it because none of the buttons line up. They don't work the same way. They don't have the same responsiveness as if you were using a game controller. Um, and that's just porting laziness. It's a developer that like, okay, we'll get someone that like has, you know, the general idea of what they're doing to remap what buttons go to which key and then just and then just send it out. And that's a like lot of times they don't fit right or like, hey, yeah, you have to press L. And I'm like, well, all of my fingers are over here on WASD. <laughs> I, I, had and I have to, to go over to L to press that. I had to finish Knights of the Old Republic on my tablet, which was really <laughs> aggravating because I couldn't, like, a couple freak things happened where I couldn't finish that game, and that game is long as hell. So, like, by the time my babies were old enough to, like, take care of themselves to a measure, I finally was like, okay, I'm going to play this game. Well, I could only really get it on my tablet at the time because I didn't have a PC that would 
play, that could play it. And holy freaking hell, dude, trying to play that game on a tablet, you need like octopus arms. It was impossible. <laughs> you literally needed like more phalanges. <laughs> So, so, I, so one I of guess them was like, like a, the um the speed uh oh, freaking those speeder races or whatever. Yeah. You had to like hold it down in an area of the screen and then you also had to give it direction in another area of the screen, but if you lifted like your finger, it was just it was so hard. It was so hard to play. I was just surprised I actually found it on my ta- on a tablet like to play on a tablet. That was amazing in itself. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get mon- as much money as for that game as they can because that's one of the only storyline games that Star Wars done has done in the last twenty years that people are like, hell yeah, that game was awesome. And like, it's an amazing dude. story, though. Yeah, the highest selling Star Wars game of all time up to date was Lego Star Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah, that is no joke. <laughs> I'm sure those yeah, Lego sure those Lego games sold tons, all of them. What? What's that? The What'd you Lego say? games, all the different versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. We hear you. Now we can hear you. All right. They. Uh, I was just saying the Lego games sold incredibly. All the different versions. They had Batman. They had. Um, I don't. I don't remember. But they had, they had a, Batman, a Marvel, DC. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think they just had the DC villains one that was like a big one where you actually got to make your villain character and then go play with all the the DC villain people like the Joker and whatnot. So I know that was like a big thing. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. I guess that's all right back to brand loyalty. Those Lego games. <laughs> if it's <laughs> Lego on it, they'll buy it. But well, yeah. I mean, also like if you make if you if you make a good game though, like if you make a good game that that's enjoyable and and easy to play and controls well, like people will buy it. Like what that's, make, what's that's a, a good thing. Game like to make you? a quality make a quality product and people will buy it. Like, but what do you define as a quality game? Um, let's see. Well, I mean, the most recent one that I've purchased. That was a quality game. Was, jeez, I mean, I guess the there's the Dark Souls remaster that was really good. Um, a great port, actually. You know what? A great a great quality game that was a great port was the the new Doom that actually they put out on on Switch. That was impressively good. Like as far as for being like a portable gaming system that has like. I mean, to to be like real with people, like it's got a lower processing power. It's got a, a slightly worse, like not top end graphics card because they're trying to keep you know battery life and playability and stuff down. But like that game looked amazing on on the Switch. And it yeah, so great that's portable. that's a, a specification more so that I was looking for. Like you're talking about, like okay, so it looks real. Like if you were to talk to people that don't have necessarily the you know knowledge, the technical knowledge that you know most gamers have and you would you would explain to someone like who wants to get into gaming or whatever what's a good game to play like what how do you define your parameters because you see like certain games from one spectrum to another that will get these cult followings and they're like total opposite styles so like what makes a game great like i think in in layman's terms or or experience wise i think first and foremost the the reason that we that we game is we want to break away it's like immersion into something other than reality right it's it's a it's a break from reality or it's you know something to decompress get our mind off of stuff go into another world so anything that breaks that immersion so for me if a game has some sort of bug that like you know uh you're you're walking along and all of a sudden something freezes or you bump into an invisible wall or whatever you fall through the floor. Yeah, something like that. It's it breaks the immersion, and it, and then it also speaks to the quality. Like, were you testing this game? You know, like, mm-hmm. were what was what was your control like? How much work did you put into it? Um, yeah, I'm I'm older now, so now if I spent sixty dollars on a game, that's not sixty dollars that was part of my allowance that I saved up. That was sixty dollars that I went to work, and I did things productive it has things more that value. I. That I I wasn't sitting on my couch all day, so I was doing that instead. So now, if I spend sixty bucks, I want to get sixty. There's a reason why 
right yeah, before... Yeah, like this was two hours of my life to buy this game. This, yeah. You know, blah, blah. There's a reason why right before we hit record on this podcast, I ordered Assassin's Creed Unity. And, and the only <laughs> reason it was because it was $5. And that's, you know, based on any, anybody who's played the game and I've never played it. When I saw that I could get it for five dollars, I said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and get it." Same thing happened with Kingdom Hearts three. I just got Kingdom Hearts three. I love Kingdom Hearts. I, when Everybody the first does. Kingdom Hearts came out, I, I was. It it's 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 an RPG made by Square with Disney characters in it. It's Final Fantasy with Disney characters. Yeah, it's 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 a, that's an oversimplification, and the the. I would say so. <laughs> the story to it is so convoluted but the the gameplay is fun and when i saw early clips of kingdom hearts 3 even the trailer that square put out the dialogue looked like ps2 dialogue like one person says one person says something and then you have that two seconds of let me load the next audio clip where there's like an awkward pause and they respond or or the the tone with which the voice acting is is like out of context to what it's saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not paying $60 for that. <laughs> Are you out of your which mind? Which I think was also an Andromeda issue. Yes. And I it's funny you say that cuz I was just about to bring it all back down to Mass Effect for me what makes a great game and it's all of that what Jeff said like the glitching there was hardly any glitching in any of them. Hardly. And well, the first one. At the I had the first one. On yeah, the PC. first one had. Yeah, that. But that, I mean, like that's also understandable because that those things where you go down on the planet and you're on the in the rover and stuff. Some it's of a those massive game too. Yeah, but, but you like I flipped that I flipped that rover bitch thing fucking so, so many much, fucking times. I know, I know, dude. Me too. But I mean, at the end, like, and at the end, I but mean, like, payoff, I cried yeah. at the end. Yeah, I cried. Like, I felt like I was for real, like a part of this saving the freaking universe the story was so good it was so so good and the gameplay was so fun so for me it has to be gameplay and story i don't like just throw people on a map i like i hate mario kart and i hate um that stupid shooter game y'all were just talking about (laughs) like i don't like there's call of duty yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't stand those games because now we're gonna get now I mail. like Halo. I like Halo, the campaign you of Halo, but I don't like, you know, just going in there and shooting it's just boring to me. Yeah, the gameplay's fun, but there's no like emotional attachment for me. Now I loved um the bad company the uh what was that game? Russia. Yes. It where was it like the Russians or something? Portal that was great. That was great. But I didn't like the that other game, Call of Duty. You know, so it's just gotta have like an emotional appeal for me, most games, for me to actually sit and play through it. Red Dead is amazing. I love Red Dead. Oh, Red Dead. What? You don't like it? I love Red Are you kidding? I love Red okay, Dead. Okay. I was just about to say, hold on. You're breaking my heart. That was, oh, my God. So I was actually about to say, like, you know, God of War last year, Red Dead Redemption 2 last year. Those were two games that had ridiculously great stories oh, that so good. brought you in. Now, here's a question, though, because you bring, bring up Call of Duty. If yeah. you want to talk loyalty to a to a franchise oh, i know oh i know where does that come from why do people why friends. are people loyal to call of duty to the to the game itself i think because i don't you know i think military games are kind of um they touch like a an area where you know a lot of people have um you know their loyalty to their country and it's just i think it's just an outlet to take out um and the need to to express your aggressive tendencies and you know aggression is a natural part of the human psyche it's supposed to be there it's not unhealthy to be aggressive at times and so i think call of duty was a game that allowed people to get that out in a healthy way and i i see the the appeal and um and it was a real world based aggression right. it's something that you could do if you join the military not yeah. fighting aliens or doing haidukins right it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's satisfies the deep-seated warrior mentality <laughs> it's the warrior side that most men have woven into their dna you know so well yeah i could speak to that i do play call of duty so i could speak to this a little bit um i wouldn't call myself a fanboy but i do i've owned pretty much all of them except maybe one or two but i've also tried other similar games like say battlefield and it 
just like it didn't do it for me. I guess because I'm so used to the Call of Duty, the controls, just the gameplay and everything. Switching to a similar game, that's you're really getting the same thing out of it, but having to basically relearn everything all over, yeah. it makes it it makes it tougher and annoying. Plus, you have so and, many uh, people who are into it too. So you, yeah. oh, there's a common ground. You can go over to a friend's house, and the odds are everybody likes the game, and you want to play it because it's something you can do together. Yeah, and and another thing that's good about games like that is that if you don't have a lot of time, you can sit down, you can pick it up, you could play it for you know a half hour. Right. Whereas a lot of story based games, like oh, I, I also yeah. love Resident, Resident Evil games. Oh yes, yes. That's, that's also a, that's good. A, franchise. But that's not a game that you could sit down and play for a half no. hour. Or, yeah. or that you could put down and come back to it two months later because you forget yeah. everything that you did. Call of Duty, you could jump into that. I could I could pop in Call of Duty 4 right now from 10 years ago and play it, you know, and <laughs> it's perfectly fine. That's true. I just uh, I just went back into Spider-Man, uh, the PS4, the, the new Spider-Man game. And I, I had, that's the second game I ever got a platinum trophy on. It was very short. I did it in like less than a week. But... When the DLC came out, I didn't really get back into it. And then this past weekend, I tried to go back in. And it took me like almost an hour to, how do I swing again? Like, yeah. yet if I go away from Overwatch for six months, I can come back and just, eh, I remember how yeah. to do everything. I think there's yeah, also a the- level of intensity in learning some stuff for that kind of a thing. Like. Overwatch is very intense, so like you have it has it has to be muscle memory. Whereas on right. the Spider-Man game, like that's more of like a stylistic, like learning how to swing and like, yeah, I want to try and swing like he does in the comic or swing like he does in the movie and like kind of like you you so you're trying to like press buttons in combinations to get like a look or a feel as opposed to like a fight or flight response of like oh my god i don't want to die <laughs> just like I, missiles <laughs> just, that's you know. a very good point yeah because if, if i were to pop in halo 3 or gears of war 1 and i haven't played either of them in eight years i would probably just jump back to it like i never stopped right huh. yeah because the control is the same and it's it's like you said it's basically muscle memory mm-hmm. you so, know, so- it'll take you a few minutes to get used to it and right back into it Sorry, I wasn't trying to cut you off. I just, I like, I'm a squirrel sometimes, and I get this idea, and I'm like, eat, 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 gotta talk, gotta talk. <laughs> um, but what, why, what did, what's the big, huge, why is everyone, or used to be, obsessed with um, the Grand Theft Auto games? Like, it's so, like, vulgar and, like, just intense sometimes, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I think those were, like, the first, like, sandbox, open world like go off you don't have to follow the mission you could just do whatever you want on the side you can explore a world type games there were just some things in there where i was just like eh i don't know well Well, yeah it was mainstream (laughs) and so they so they it was the first one that was because there were other open world games before that but this was the first one that was like super mainstream it was in a city environment instead of like Mm -hmm. most of the open world games prior to this were rpgs um, barren worlds with like yeah. magic and wizards and soldiers and and, and and also the rock star brand of comedy that shit is it's I mean they've moved a little bit away from yeah. it with the latest yeah. games but it's mm-hmm. funny it's funny like to drive True. around and have a radio station playing where there's a yeah. talk show and you want to know what happens next you're like because this so motherfucker you just say he, like he ran naked through a through a fucking whatever and like it's yeah. they have these weird characters and and it. it it's again. It goes back to that immersion, like yeah, it immerses exactly. you in that weird Liberty City or wherever you are. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto, and it's not, it's one of those games you could play for. You could literally play for hours and just get nothing done, like in terms of the storyline. But there's just so much to do and so much side things, and you know, it's that's. I think that's why it became such a great franchise because just just because there was so much to it. Other yeah. than just following the storyline. You know how many young people got in the 80s music because of Vice City? <laughs> like, they sold more soundtracks mm-hmm. to a video game than anything ever. And it was so popular, they came out with Volume 2, Volume 3, and it was all just a flock of seagulls and, you know, <laughs> and the Pesh mode. But, dude, people got so hardcore into 80s music, you know, when that game came out just from driving around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they- Vice City had a great soundtrack. 
they do pick good music in general because like when you when you play even the more I don't want to say modern call it I mean call it um, the more modern Grand Theft Autos but the Grand Theft Autos that take place like in the 90s or 2000s whatever if you put on like if you put on San Andreas and you go and you put on the hip hop station you're you're driving around in 1992 like you're thinking yeah. hey this is 90 like you got NWA on you got like yeah they they nailed it they completely yeah. nailed it that was that's the thing has a video game ever introduced you to music or a band or something you've never heard of? Like, I guess just to fill the silence, I didn't ask so I could answer the question, but to fill the <laughs> silence <laughs> was um, it, like when I when I first got um, um, Borderlands, the intro song, I ended up loving that band, Cage the Elephant, you know, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. And I'd never heard of them or anything when that came on. I'm like, wow, this is freaking awesome. And the music fits so perfectly to what the world was. Yeah. I guess not. I guess just me. <laughs> All right. I mean, I've I've had video games like the Burnout series. Burnout um has really good music in it, but it's never really gotten me to say, well, let me buy this band's music. Yeah. I could just say, oh, it, you know, I I like driving with this music in the background. Huh. All right. Good. <laughs> and it's quiet. I'm, I mean, I'm, I I may or may not have like downloaded like the radio stations so that I could drive around listening to like the ones from Grand Theft Auto Three, like some of the just talk shows, so I could hear the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may while not you have. search for a helicopter, you can hijack in real yeah. life. <laughs> so I can hear the whole like conversations between like the fake people. <laughs> Like right. on the talk shows and whatnot, just being vulgar and rude. And I'm like, well, this this wouldn't really make it in real radio because someone be marching on a radio station, picketing and stuff. It's such a so, subtle thing, but like when they did that with Grand Theft Auto, and they decided to, when you get out of the car, the radio still kind of plays in the background, just lower. Yeah, yeah. that so, was on point. So I guess just because I'm thinking about it, you know, to to what the main theme was, I, can we all agree that when it comes to brand loyalty, Nintendo is they 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 are the king. They've been around longer than all of them. They're the only ones whose handheld systems really sell or people care about, for the most part. Yeah. They've beat everybody out. I mean, think about when we were kids. Sega doesn't exist anymore. You know, they're they're, they're all but gone. And you know, Atari, all this other stuff is gone. But Nintendo always they, they always wear the crown. I think yeah. what Nintendo does well is they have a very healthy... They're very cognizant of what their IPs mean to people. So they may have a bad game. Like, there may be a bad Mario game. Or there may be a Mario. bad... Yeah, just, I, I, Mario. I know when people are from New York when they say Mario <laughs> instead of Mario. Mario. Um, they, it's me. They, Mario. They, they may, there may be a a bad Zelda game, like not like oh, but their main Zelda games. I haven't found one yet. Well, you know, you may have you might have a game that's that I might be. like. I, I mentioned Link's Crossbow Training. That wasn't a horrible game, but it was it was just like an add on to a a, a thing. Like you, just you could so, play. So, it. so what's what's a bad Mario game? But not like the computer ones or educational, like Mario through time, and it's like a history lesson, like a real Mario game. If I had to, well, pick they had, a, they had oh, like uh, Doctor Mario. If you want to consider that, like that was like a spinoff, like you, like the. Link well, game. I loved Doctor Mario, so. <laughs> I, I, I think the, I think the point is that when a, when there's a game and when a, a Nintendo game that comes out, you can tell. Like when Wind Waker came out, when when Wind Waker came out, people were like, "What the fuck?" Like, because everybody was going towards more realistic graphics. Wind Waker comes out and it's cel shaded, it's cartoony, it is divisive. Yeah. But you can pl- like you can play more people play Wind Waker now than any other game that came out when Wind Waker came out. That's the thing about Nintendo; it's they always do their own thing. Like, the Nintendo Wii, they didn't compete with 360 or PS3. They're just like, we're going to be a different thing. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that's always what they do, and I think that's a huge reason why they survive. Yeah. And... Yeah, they... Go they, ahead, Brian. They fill a different... They fill a different... Um, I don't know if you want to say genre or audience, maybe. Niche. 
yeah, different niche with their because they are different. You can't really compare it to PlayStation and Xbox consoles. Going back all the way really to uh, GameCube, really. Like Nintendo is like Steven Spielberg movies. They just make things that everybody in the family likes, whether you're a young, old teenager, like (laughs) everybody can play them. Everybody likes it. You know, unlike, you know, like like your mom could get into, you know, playing Mario Party with the family. But, you know, she's not going to play, you know, Grand Theft Auto. I have some I have some people that like don't play video games unless really, she but, like, like when they come women. over they want to play True. Mario Kart like they're into Mario Kart so who doesn't love Mario Kart and you know what Super- bears out in in numbers because I uh, Ryan when you brought out the the sales numbers and I didn't know what each console I mean I really I I don't really look into that because I don't care but like mm-hmm. when you look at how when I when you were saying that PlayStation Four sold what eighty nine million yes. And how much did Xbox One sell? Forty. And if you think of, I mean, that's that's a stark difference. But when you think about like Kratos, right? Um, that is a Sony exclusive character that they did the hell out of. Like they, they, he has not made a misstep. That motherfucker has games that are like insanely good. God of War games, right? Um, the Uncharted games, a, a lot of the first party, like Sony has done really well, I think, recently in taking their first party characters or second party character, like exclusive characters and making them like memorable, making them something like, hey, I, I want to know what happens next with this. I was about to say Tomb Raider, but that's not a. Oh. That was oh, that was exclusive back in the day. It's not. It's we, not we, we lost y'all. We lost you, Jeff, for like. 45 seconds. Really? Last yep. thing you, this is what we heard. We heard Kratos. They haven't made a misstep. And then we heard, I was about to say Tomb Raider, but that was back in the day. That's, <laughs> oh, that's okay. We, so, well, I don't know if it, if it came out in the recording or not, but the... Um, it's your report, I'm sure. Record it whatever you said. We just didn't hear you. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, just to recap that, you know, when you look at God of War games, and that's a great example, but like you look at God of War one, two, three, and then last year's God of War, and and all the spinoffs and whatever. That's a character you want to know what happens next with Kratos, right? You want to know what happens next with a lot of the the um, the characters on the on the PlayStation exclusively right now, and they've done a really good job of selling you these stories that that people just want to want to get. Did you lose me again or no? Yeah. Oh well. As soon as you said, just to recap. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's recording though. I wonder how that's going to record. He might have to chop it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. So, um, but in essence, what I'm saying is the Sony's doing really good with their with their exclusive characters, similar to what you know Nintendo's been doing it for years, but it seems to bear out in that. You know, I had somebody ask me the other day, why is it that if if Xbox has all of these great features, why do people like PlayStation better? And I, I my immediate answer is because of the games. It's you know, if if, if I, I I would love to get an Xbox One X and say, hey, look, I can do native 4K without checkerboxing. What 99 percent of people that that have that and brag about that don't know what the fuck it means. And if you put them side by side, they wouldn't be able to tell you one versus the other. But it's nice to say, oh, look, my shit didn't do the 4K. But when I look at an Xbox One X, I'm like, what game am I missing that I can't yeah. play because I don't have an Xbox? And if there was a game, like when when they announced Sunset Overdrive, I was like, yo, I want to play that game. But I'm not going to buy a console just for like a, a, a throwaway game. You know what I mean? Yeah, with the with the thing. Well, hopefully, with, no one won. Yeah. With the whole thing with brand loyalty, I'm curious. If you look at the opposite spectrum, like, and you, I guess you got to go back before, uh, you know, a while back. But have you ever gone? In, did you ever go into a game store and you bought a game that you knew nothing about just because it looked cool and you end up liking it a lot? Yeah. Just because you said game store, I'm gonna say uh, not at GameStop. Well, whatever. <laughs> what was yours? Luna? Well, I think Junk probably. Strike. I think I probably did that for the PlayStation Two, and I think that was the the, the game Oni for PlayStation Two, which was like a Japanese anime kind of like fighting cop game, whatever. 
Never even heard of it. And what, um, what Jungle Strike? What was Jungle Strike? Okay, so like, it's awesome. It's, yeah. I've never. Heard <laughs> I can't of believe he knows what it is. I've never heard of it. So in my life. I got Jungle Strike. There was Strike three of them. Mm-hmm, and Road Rash on the same day, and it was at like a. What was it for? Sega. Uh huh. And um, Jungle Strike was like I love military games and political stuff. So it was like you you have like these missions, and one of them was like you escort the. The, you escort the president's limo and like just you know just just a shooter map map kind of style um hel- kind of thing. yeah and oh sorry didn't realize i left that out yeah yeah <laughs> you left a little detail <laughs> the most important part out. <laughs> um and that became my obsession with helicopters which is why ryan remember when i was when i was talking about joining the military i was like uh, helicopters helicopters yeah that game got me into and so and then that game got me into battle tanks for the 64 but um uh, road rash was the other game i got the same day that i thought both games are just gonna suck but i got them really cheap and road rash is like you're just riding a motorcycle on different maps and you beat the shit out of other riders so you win the game and you just punch him as you're on your motorcycle yeah i (laughs) would have dreams of like that african (laughs) music (laughs) playing in my dream (laughs) yeah road rash is awesome Mm -hmm. so well jeff what was yours I actually got burned by one that I that I bought that I didn't know. Well, I knew about where it came from, and that was uh, Bad Boys Miami Takedown. <laughs> <laughs> I know that game. Oh my god! Based on the way he's laughing, oh, I'm geez. totally that, judging you right now. Please tell me that was based off the movie Bad Boys. Oh, it was. Yeah, it, it was, was supposed but, to be, but it was just bad shooting, and then like Will Smith, even worse, and Martin voice Lawrence acting. just like. Doing like it wasn't their voices. Lines. It wasn't their lines. Okay, no. so it was just no. terrible. Like they just one liners to two, two generic black dudes or people who did uh, generic black voices. Like I shot you in the face. Out. Like yeah. oh, it was so bad. I that was so, that was I think the first game that did not last twenty four hours in my house. I, I bought it and I was like, I don't care if you don't give me nothing for it. I can't have this. <laughs> this is a not a thing I can do. One, and GameStop no. did not give you anything for. it. I think That's that was that was EB anything. at the time. Electronics, Electronics boutique. boutique. Let's go. Oh, yeah, I used to go to EB Games. There was another one, Rhino Games, I think. And then yeah. EB bought Rhino and, Games. And Funko Land. Let's go. Funko, Funko Land. Land. Yeah, that was the original. Funko Land was the the shiznit with the with the box. They they had the original box where you could just pick a game for like two dollars and just loose oh, yeah. cartridges and shit. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Dude, that that's was like awesome. The, that's like the Sam Goody of uh, video games. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. What was a good one though? A good one would be Just Cause Three. When I played Just Cause Three, I didn't know anything about Just. Cause, I didn't know anything about the franchise. I had never. I, I had barely heard of it. I knew it existed, and then I bought the game and I started playing it, and I had a blast. The game has zero plot. I, I mean, it, I, there's a plot there, but it's literally just. You're trying to revolution an island. Yeah, just go. go. <laughs> you're basically a guy who who's on a glider. You're bulletproof. You regenerate health. You're whatever. Just, uh, we're not going to explain it. Just go fucking blow shit up. If Michael Bay made a video game. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of on point for that. Yeah. The one that I bought, uh, I bought it was for GameCube. And I just went to the store. I'm like, this looks cool. It was a shooting game called Time Splitters. Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, and you know it's funny because when I bring it up, people have either never heard of it or they say I love that game, but it's not like it's not a game anyone talks about. It was just like GoldenEye with slow motion. It was awesome. I hated GoldenEye. Everybody loved it. That was the original first-person shooter. It was the best. Then big head oh, mode whatever. and paintball mode. It, was it didn't. It didn't age well. But when it was out, I remember like late night sessions where we would do two-on-two and put a cardboard, a piece of cardboard in the middle of the TV. And it wasn't even a big screen TV just so that I'm on this side, but I can't see and sneak peek where you are. And we're just actually, (laughs) yeah, if not, you know, know, my proximity, mine, and then we're screwed. Yeah. Like if you so much as arched your neck, that would have been a fight. 
That would have been like, yo, let's step outside for a minute. You can't be looking at my screen. Screen peeking. You know, speaking of cheating, you know what my brother used to do to me when we would play battle tanks? He would go and plant the turrets right where I would respawn, and he'd plant like 20 of them. And as soon as I'd respawn, I'm getting bombarded with like cannons. Freaking cheater. God. Spawn camping sucks. That would piss me off so bad. You know, right? You always spawn, respawn in the same place. So he yeah. would go put all the turrets like right there, right there. So you had no chance the second you got back. I yeah, do have a nostalgia though for games that are not fair. You know, once you were able to expose it, like Marvel vs. Capcom 2, like if you got good at it, That's you, a good game. like people weren't allowed to use cable or Magneto. You're like, no, you know, you can't use them. <laughs> Why? I don't wait. I played that. They were cheesy. About? Yes, oh. Cable was way too overpowered to just sit there and shoot you all the time. And Magneto, if he got you in the air, he could do an infinite combo and you couldn't get out of. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, I think on that note, we're going to uh, wrap this one up. Man, we're an hour in. That's insane. You but thought was, that these were not going to go on as long as that they you were, know, huh? We, we may actually have to do another part to this because we have a <laughs> lot of unexplored territory. But yeah, who, knew, um, who knew Jungle Strike was going to be such a big hit? <laughs> yeah, word. I don't hate all my Jungle Strike. So thank you, thank you to all that, all of you that are listening and downloading and all of that. Um, thank you to all you guys that participated, and we'll catch you guys next time. End of a species. All right, see ya. Peace. Later.